Peter Macri here. Anthony Metasada. Owners of Casanino's Pizza Bar, located 1281 Arthur Kill Road. Staten Island, baby, New York. We're over here now. And we're over there, too. That's right, baby. Remember one thing. When you dine at Panini Grill, located 538 Forest Avenue, Staten Island, New York. Non ti preoccupare. Tutto a posto. Arrivederci. All right, everybody. We're here with another one. Frank and Marcus, we got special guests for you today. These guys have been feeding me for three weeks in a row so far. I got to tell you, truly amazing. Truly amazing. More videos on the way. Fellas? Good morning, <laughs> Anthony. Buongiorno. I'm happy to be here at Italian Sicilians Do It Better. And it's true. You guys are doing it better since the day I met you. <laughs> you guys are great. Good morning, guys. Peter Macri. A pleasure being here, honestly. Appreciate you guys hosting us. Italian Sicilians do it better, but it's not just about Italian Sicilians. It's about Italians as a whole. Absolutely. So we appreciate right. you guys. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Absolutely. What you guys are doing is really great. Yes. It really is. I appreciate Italian that. culture, keeping it alive on social media. Um, it's great for everybody, old, young, and in between. I got to say, doing this, getting out there, meeting people, and then meeting those genuine people, and then you guys have a great story behind it with the restaurants. Mm -hmm. There's still genuine Italians out there. Yeah, sometimes. A few, yeah, a few. Sometimes. We're, we're trying no, we got a little bit of a bad rap for, because of some people, but I think uh, we're all genuine somehow, some way. Oh, we're all good apples, really. <laughs> Italians, real Italians, half Italian. There you go. There's so many differences out there, right? Yeah, as long as you keep it real, Italian yeah, goes, you know? Exactly. But thank you guys for even having us at your places and giving us the opportunity. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. But truly, truly amazing. That Pinelli pizza. Oh, God. That cheese pasta with the wheel you came out with yesterday. Oh, I've God. always wanted to try that, and I did it. And when I got home, I showed my wife. She's like, I thought we were supposed to try it together for the first time. <laughs> All I got to say is you guys, oh, you guys owe me a new wardrobe. I can't fit into shit anymore. <laughs> but thank Cardiologists you. Cardiologists love us. <laughs> <laughs> Their upsell ticks are going up. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you we're go. Helping them out. Yeah, man. So how, how did you guys meet? How did you guys connect? What made you get into the food industry? It's he was on Cross Bay Boulevard with his thumb out. I nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let him start or you want me to start? Right, go ahead. You start. So we're, we're 10 years. He's 10 years older than me. But when we met, we have a lot of the same values, a lot of the same morals. Uh, it's crazy. We're too much alike. It's kind of scary. Same story. So, I started working, I was born in Italy, came to this country four years old. I started working at the age of 11. He started working at the age of 11, mm -hmm. which is crazy. We both started working in the same industry, pizzeria. That's what we did. 11 years old, I used to drop my book bag off, walk to work. 14 years old, I was making pizza. 20, 21 years old, I purchased my first pizzeria. So this is all I've been doing my whole life. My parents didn't do this. You know, my father, mother, they did. My mother didn't work. My father was a tile guy. My brother in construction. So pretty much, I found this ashtat that you say, ashtat in Italian, we say, right? Mm -hmm. On my own. Found your passion. Exactly. And at the age of 21, 22, I met him. And, you know, being, we do something else on the side, distribution business. We kicked it off because we kind of had the same story to tell, you know, growing up, coming to this country how we started, our family, our parents, all of that. And it was scary because it was like exactly the same. So we hit it off right away. And, you know, he's a big mentor to me, definitely is. Uh, he taught me a lot of stuff that I know. 
Now I'm a little bit better than him, you know, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you don't want to be a show-off now. Come on. Frank, bro. you got your insurance but, uh, paid off because his head might blow up. We, uh, <laughs> we, really, we really have a lot of the same values. Even our wives say, you guys are fucking scary. I, I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys sound too much alike, you know? He'll start a sentence. I'll finish it and vice yeah. versa. So <laughs> That's the connection, right? But uh, it's our passion. This is what we love to do. I mean, I love to do it. To me, it's not work. That's right. I get up every day and I, I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to go, you know? So Panini Grill, Staten yes. Island. What is your magic in there? Do you cook? Do you... So Panini Grill, I basically do everything. I mean, listen, I'm not in the kitchen seven days a week with an apron on cooking because I have an amazing staff that does it for me that, you know, under my supervision. But I'm there every day. And as a business owner, to be successful, I don't think you have to be in the restaurant actually working with that apron on because then you're not managing your restaurant. You know, you're not managing your staff. You to run not, the business instead you of business running your you. business. Exactly. Right. I mean, listen... Me, can I step in and do it? Absolutely. I've done it. You know, there's days and that I still do it. that's important to be able to do it because you don't want anyone to ever, you know, put a collar on you as an owner. Absolutely. Everyone in the restaurant has to know that the owner can do their job. Yeah. And if you haven't done their job, you can't delegate, nor should you delegate until you've experienced the work that you're trying to exemplify to your employee. If you never served the table, how could you tell the server she's doing it wrong or he's doing it wrong? Mm -hmm. You got to do it. Yeah, lead by example. Lead by example. Yeah. There's a difference between a leader and a boss. A boss is the owner sitting at the table eating, inviting his friends, say, hey, how are you? Have something to eat. Give him a drink. A leader is cleaning, is serving, is cooking, mm -hmm. is there early, and last one to leave. And right. you want to make everyone around you better. I mean, that, that is what keeps the place and like this. Because it's always in control. It's always consistent. Yeah. You know, you want the consistency. Your workers, your, your employees will see if you're not capable of being an owner or you're just Immediately. a worker, you know, or vice versa. If you're just that owner that comes there and doesn't want to do anything and yeah. really knows nothing about the business, right. they take advantage of you. It's just Absolutely. the way it is. So if anyone wants to get into the restaurant business, go work in a restaurant at least one year. Yeah. Invest one year in yourself, even if you don't get paid. You know why? Because if you do do it without that investment into yourself, you're going to lose a lot more of an investment in money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you got paid $2,000 a week, that's $100,000 you didn't get paid for the first year. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a lot less than the money you will lose by opening up without doing that, making that investment into yourself. I'm telling you, I, I feel like the real successful places, and I've heard the story over and over again, it always starts the same. I was a dishwasher here. I used to mop the floors. I used yeah. to, and now they're running the joint, but they know the ins and outs that's from right. the bottom all the way to the top. And those are the guys who make it. 100%. From how I've always understood it. Because when I see other people who have these restaurants, these pizzerias, oh, we bought this or this, but then they're, they're on the rent for two years, three years, sometimes six months. Yeah. It's, um, you know, my, my, my heart really bleeds, and I've known a lot of guys that have gone out, ladies that have gone out that bought restaurants and thought it was easy. People that have worked for us that said, oh, we're not going to make you money. We're going to go on our own. We wish them luck. We actually even helped them. Yeah. Right? And then six months later, I'll run into them somewhere, and they go, I don't know how you do this business. It's crazy. We, we closed up shop. We, we're out of it already. So, yeah, a, a lot of people bad. just, you know, there's a lot of people out there, like a pizza guy. He knows how to make pizza, right? So he's like, oh, I'm going to open up my own place because he knows that. how to make pizza. It's a lot more than just learning how, you know, knowing how to make pizza. You know, there, there's a lot of more elements behind the scenes, checks and balances yeah. that you got to deal with. And they never really lived that to, to know it, you know? So some people do it. You know, they throw themselves into the fire and, and make it, but most people don't. I hate to say it. You it's know. unfortunate and to elaborate on what Peter's saying. You know, you get into business today, 
you're subjected to city and state rules, regulations, and they change constantly. Like they, they, they can't come up with more things to to, to find. Especially New York City, I hate. You to know, say it, but, like yeah. now, you, it, we're gonna get, we're gonna start getting fined if you give someone a plastic fork or a spoon or a napkin. Oh, sure. They have to ask for it, <laughs> even on the social media, even on the. Um, on the Grubhubs and the, the those platforms, right. you, we have to list plastic cutlery, napkins, because if we give it to the customer without them ordering it, we get fined. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah. Order Health just passed a law. If you're caught giving a plastic straw to a customer without them asking, it's a $500 fine. But what about the toxic... Uh I don't know so. Listen, <laughs> that was a big thing saving the turtles. And but you want to know something? These things are what are driving the people that have been doing this business for so many years is driving them out. They give up. What do you guys think about, I've been hearing now, they want to get rid of gas stoves. Would that affect restaurants? I mean, um, listen, it'll affect restaurants for a little while because it's, you know, you got to adapt to something new. But again, here comes the smart business owner that's going to learn to adapt. Listen, we adapted to COVID, right? COVID hit us. Yeah. And we did a major transformation. So, that comes that comes back to being that successful business owner that's going to think outside the box. Right. That is not just the pizza guy making pizza or the guy in the back cooking. You gotta you gotta go with time. So if they do that, yeah, it's going to be a pain in the One ass. One thing about first. restaurant owners, we adapt fast. Yeah. We figure it out Have pretty to. quick. Exactly. But there's a but to everything, right? The but to that is they don't adapt unless their back is up against the wall. Correct. Right. Once their back is up against, well, you could tell somebody until they're blue in the face. Until he has to or she has to, they don't do it. And right. that's the sad part sometimes. Right. Because they could have pivoted sooner and saved their business, saved their investment, saved their livelihood, but they waited too long. But they always say at the end, man, should have done it earlier. Yeah. And it's always What's the same What's the saying, thing? Marco? Should have, could have, would have, right? There you go. Yeah, sometimes you got to be proactive, you know, and if, if you have a heads up on it, you know, there's no reason not to be proactive, right. you know, especially right. if you have a heads up on it. We, unfortunately, we didn't have a heads up on COVID, so that just hit us. You know, out of the blow, but that made some well, we people. But it broke. We a lot did of it. Well, yep. Yeah. I mean, we did it. It yeah. was crazy. It was crazy a, time. It was crazy two years. People getting sick. We we hired this company that came in every every, every two weeks to sterilize every three the weeks, store. They sprayed the store. Oh, you know, I mean, we come in that. and sterilize the store. And you know, we, we the plastic barriers, the masks. We gave our employees the gloves. You know, you're sick. You don't feel good. Go home right away. Yep. Get everybody tested. Shut the store down. Reopen. Not knowing. You know. What's it was happening? it was insane. It was, it was insane. Any was day insane. could be anything. You don't know what you're waking up to. Yeah, listen, I know everyone went through it, you know, but it was it was a tough two years. But yeah, thank God we had a great community that supported us. Yep. And special thanks to our community on Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our Casaninos, the other location, this December 9th starts our twenty sixth year. Yep. Look at that. Not too many people could say they've been in business for twenty six years. And not too many people could say they've had a successful partnership for 26 years. Right, right. You know, being partners is worse than being married. <laughs> There's no sex over here. You know well, what I'm saying? Well, that's up to you. I'm so, just saying. Not, <laughs> There's no sex. It's, so I'm going to be not even on like, one, all right? Let's take it easy. Marco, we can't kiss and make up. We got to figure it out in a different way. You know what I'm saying? There's no kissing and making up here. Hey, listen. Just on the cheek. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. it. first. The love makes the partnership 100%. That's why me and Frank hold hands when we walk down the street. <laughs> Listen, you know, just to talk about that, partnership is not easy. Partnership in marriage, partnership in business, yeah. it's not easy. You know, sometimes, like he said, we're very much alike, but 
there's got to be compromise, right? Mm-hmm. If he has an idea or I have an idea and I'm totally against it. In business, sometimes you got to try things. You got to make an investment. You fail. You don't tell your partner, I told you so. You know, you just say, we tried it. It didn't work. Okay, let's move on. It's always but, we. Right. It's no, got to be a we. we. There's no I and we. You know what I'm saying? We, we, whatever happens in the business, we jump in without fear, without even thinking about it. It's got to get done. We just do it. You know what I'm saying? You're not just married to your family. You're married to the partnership and you're married to your businesses. You're almost so married to the business first absolutely. before your family. Yeah. In order to have, in order to support your family, you got to really take care of your business because that's what's supporting your household. 100%. You know, and, and some people may say that guy's crazy for what he just said, but at the end of the day, it's the truth. At an independent business owner doesn't have a 401k, doesn't have medical benefits, doesn't have a person giving them a paycheck in the end, at the end of the week, doesn't have sick days, personal days, vacation days. Un job and end. You know what you have? You have a responsibility and an obligation. That's right. You got to take care of your employees. My father, God rest his soul, told me, you always pay your bills. You pay your vendors. You pay your employees. At the end of the week, if everybody's paid, that's your money. Yeah. Correct. Everybody's got to be paid first. Everybody's got to be paid first. 100%. You know, and we we were brought up that way. And like, like, you know, he said before about the business, we got into it young and we were passionate about it. But I I believe that the business chose us. Mm -hmm. The business really chose us. And then we realized how good we were at it. And when I was a kid working in a pizzeria in Brooklyn, 11 years old, the, I used to have conversations with adults. I was 11. Yeah. But I realized walking home, because there was no driving, no bike, I walked a piedi. And blocks. And nobody blocks. came to pick me up. No either. segways back then? Yeah, segways. <laughs> Not even a skateboard. We walked. That's how we walked off the pizza. We no had. phones. <laughs> All my right. mother didn't come pick me up on a snowy time, bro. My, my father, you, the store pizzeria closes at nine. He knew nine thirty. I should be walking in the house. Uh, if I didn't, he'd give me another five minutes before he started to worry. Yeah, but you know, I realized that the customers that I was talking to, they made me feel like, hey, maybe this, maybe this business is for you. You know, you're able to carry a conversation. And back yeah. then, there was no POS, my friends. You had to write everything down, guest check. That's why I got arthritis today. And you know. You had to remember the customers' names. You had, you know, you you had dialogue. Hey, Marco, how are you? How's the kids? You know, your daughter dancing school, your son baseball. You had to remember their names. Today, the POS does all of that for you. Today, the, the the people that work in the stores today, they got it so easy. Yeah, they don't know how easy. I asked for a TV. I almost got hit with a pizza peel in 1983. Mm. You come to work. You're gonna watch TV. You want to watch TV? Go home. You know, the times have changed, Absolutely. and the owners, I think, are working for the employees. Sometimes they're scared. Yeah, yep. it's crazy, and I, I'm not saying this in a bad way or attacking anyone. I'm just saying that who's thinking about the owner of the restaurant? Oh. You walk in on Mother's Day to a restaurant. Is that guy with his mother? Are those servers with their mother? The chef is he with his mother? They're there cooking for you and your mom. Christmas Eve, New Year's Day. You know, you got to take Year's that Eve, into right it. every holiday. Every holiday. I used to come home Christmas Eve. My legs felt like jelly. Now I got to sit down. My family's at the table. My wife's waiting for me to eat. I want to go to bed. Right. I don't want to sit there and eat, but these are the, these are the sacrifices that we make you. in the restaurant business. And we use that word, him and I, sacrifice a lot yeah. because you can't talk to someone who's not in the business about the business and expect them to understand. Unless you're in the business, you cannot understand the sacrifices that are being made. Anybody that is doing well deserves every dollar they make because they're earning it. They're putting the time in, and they're really dedicated. You know, and, and again, you know, a lot of people are going to be listening to this, and 
And I love what you guys are doing, and you're giving a platform, you're giving a voice yes. to people, which is great. And I commend you for doing that. Use. And, uh, you know, <laughs> use. for all the restaurant guys out there, get on this podcast. Get these guys, these guys, oh, these guys are giving you a, a, a platform, a canvas to, to talk to people about what you do. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I speak for every restaurant owner out there. We don't feel thanked. We don't feel valued. Sometimes we feel like a doormat. We're feeding people with our hearts. Prideful. I don't let a dish go out of my kitchen unless it's perfect. If I ain't eating it, you ain't eating it. That's right. Yeah. And my store's got to be clean. Everything's got to be just as if I it was my home. I'm spending more time there than my home. Absolutely. So it is your home. It is, it is home. our home. It is. It is. It's it's a whole other life that you live in. It really it's a is. Whole, really, it's it, to be successful in this business and what you got to give from yourself personally and what you're taking away from your family. You think I went to every one of my son's baseball games? Yeah, I wasn't that dad. I wasn't the local tree electrician getting off at 3 o'clock. I wasn't the guy coming home at, you know, if, in a time to go see that game. At 4 or 5 o'clock, the rush started. Yeah. What am I going to do? Go with my apron and see the game and come back all, all frustrated and my customers are upset? Who's going to pay for the baseball gear? <laughs> you had to work. You could probably say, roof over your head. Food on the table. Yeah. Kids have the tablets about, right? And the phones. Anything. It's it, all made by the hard work you guys provide. It's a 100%. give and take. 100%. The family has to give. Like my wife, his wife, they know, they talk, they commiserate. You know, like they're never home, but we know what we have, yeah. you know, and, you know, it's. And it's, it's good that they understand. You got to give up something. That's, that's, it's good that's that they understand. Very big. That because the problem with that is that a lot of the kids, my dad's never around, he never comes to my baseball games. I understand I have a roof, but I enjoy his presence. I want him there. But it's like you got to understand you're doing the sacrifices to make sure that they get what they want. Right. Yep. And a lot of kids don't get that. Listen, whether it's a mom or a dad making sacrifices for their family, you can only be in one place at one time. Of course. Hopefully the kids understand that as they get older, but it's up to us as parents to make them understand right. what chose us in life and what we chose and why we weren't there. You know? And you try to give them a better life than you had, right. but there's got to be some sort of balance, right? Somewhere along the line, you got to figure it out. And that only happens when you start to become successful. Absolutely. In the beginning, when you're a peon, no one knows you, the business is not doing that great, right. and you're pushing through every wall, you can't be home. Just yeah. can't. I used to leave at 9.30 in the morning, come home at 12.30 at night. So it's impossible. I think if you put the time and work in it and you sacrifice, yeah. you'll get to where you want to get where there's a balance. It'll come you know? later. It'll come later. And if you have the right partner that understands, then that's, that's a big help. You it can't really be is. a successful owner if you don't have a good home life. It's impossible. Yeah. Whether you're a woman or a man, if your spouse, your significant other, is you don't have it solid at home, you'll never do well in a restaurant. It's impossible. What do you, what do you guys hard. think about, you know, obviously times are changing, right? Sometimes my, my father-in-law would turn around and be like, joking around with my kids. Oh, when I was your age, I had 10 of those tablets. You know, do you think it's harder for our children today to understand what work means? And I'm saying that not that people don't work or don't take it serious, but I don't feel like I see that drive like you have or I have or he would have. Like, I feel like that's also... Like, gone. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I got three kids myself, and I see it. I mean, they're young, but I think 
we're guilty of it a little bit. We have something to do with that because we're giving our kids what we didn't have. So, right. so as a kid, sometimes you know, my father so couldn't give me. You know, they they grew up totally different, and we didn't. He couldn't afford to give us anything. Where I said, you know, one day when I get married and I have kids, I want to give my kids what I didn't have. So I think we're guilty of it a little bit. But like you said, you got to draw some kind of balance, some line, let your kids understand. Hey, listen, you know, you have this, you have this, you have this, but you got to work, you got to do this, you got that. You got to teach them some kind of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But yes, the new generation, and I hate to. Nobody get insulted. No, it is what it is. It's totally different, and I don't think they ever will understand. But okay? yes or no on this one. Didn't you guys have to grow up faster than you probably should have with the times that you guys grew up in? 100%. Versus the kids now that they get to have a childhood when you guys didn't. That was already sacrifice number one. Yes. Yeah. That's why I see it. It's you guys had to grow up way faster. I had to grow up way faster. Because that's the time that I lived in. Yeah. I'm not as old as you guys. I'm not calling you guys old. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that force. You. Ah, fuck you. It's that force that you have to become an adult when you're not of adult age. But it also, it also matters on everybody's situation, right? Of course. You know, I had the old school family, but I lost my father when I was 13. That means my little brother was six years that. old. Sorry to hear that, yes. So I, I try to lead my brothers. You try to be that father in the Absolutely. household. You stepped up. Mm-hmm. I, I had to. You know, my mom wasn't home all day. She had to work and provide for us. And I took them everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. So, so it definitely has to do with the household that you grew Absolutely. up in 100%. You know, and we give our kids everything. He was in Italy not too long ago. And he made a video in front of his mother's house. The only one that I really, there was a lot of videos, but that one I won't forget. And he said, quote unquote, this is where my mother grew up. And it was a very humble house. You know, in Italy, it's, the house is not like here. And everybody has a, uh, the flats, they call them, you know, like an apartment, like a level. And he said, you know, you got to remind the kids. It's not all, you know, yeah, and cream. This is where we came from. Right. This is, you know, you have what you have today because of the sacrifices of yesterday that his mother made, which is the grandmother to his kids, right? So she made sacrifices, father made sacrifices, as well as my parents who came to this country in 61. They lived in a basement. And I'm just going to tell you a quick story. My grandmother, one night, it got dark. She went into the garbage pail because the lady upstairs threw out a watermelon, a whole watermelon, not even cut, not even touched. And my grandmother seen it in there. She couldn't understand why you know, it was in there during the day when it was light out. So she waited till it got dark to go get this watermelon out of the garbage. And she looked at it. There was a, they say fraudish it. You know, there was yeah. one part of it that mm-hmm. was rotten. rotten. My grandmother washed the whole outside of the watermelon. She cut that piece out. She cut it up. She gave it to her three kids. Sweet as anything. The, delicious. Who's going to do that today? Oh, Anybody going to do that today? Man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know how much food goes to waste today? Forget it's, it. it's sickening. But the point is, he took his kids back. And they're young, right? His oldest is 11. But as they get older, their brains are going to remember that and say, you know what, look at the house I got now, but look where my grandmother grew up when, I was, when, I, when she was my age, right? So hopefully that gives him and his daughter and his other son. You got you to get involved. You got to teach them. You got to show them. It, it, it's got to give them the, the, the passion to want more out of life, right? To work hard, save money, because you can work hard and not save money and still wind up with nothing. Worse, you gotta, like me. <laughs> 
got to work hard. You got to teach them. You know, you work hard, but you got to save. You can't squander it. You can't subscribe to every friggin' thing out there and pay, you know, $1,000 a month How in subscription. How am I supposed to watch HBO Max? You got to teach them value of money. Off your yes. friend's account. You get I had your, his. You get you your see, friend's I'm account. I'm saving. I had his. You got Frank's account. <laughs> Listen, to answer your question, you know, he answered it. I'm going to answer it too. I got two boys, 24 and 22. The way you teach your kids and the way you instill things into them in their in your household, Reflection that's the way they're going to grow up. My, my oldest son made a comment a couple of months ago. We were talking about, you know, one of these kids that he's friends with. And, you know, and, and my son said, well, you know, Ma, he's in that situation because he's got no work ethic. Mm-hmm. Good word. You got to give your kids a work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when my kids were young, I used to tell them Saturday morning, let's go outside. We got to, you know, we got to do some weeding. Got to pick the weeds. What do you think I'm going to pay the landscape to pick the weeds? What are you guys going to do all day? Right. So you teach them. And you know what they did during high school? My son went on these apps, Facebook app, or what's next door app, and they put high school kids, you know, weeding, and they went around. Yeah. And they made, they made three, $4,000 a summer picking weeds. Yeah. You know, then from weeds, they started laying out mulch. Then they started, you know, laying out rock for people. And they became like these landscapers. And people would hire them because here you got these, you know, American kids working hard and people would see the post and they'd hire them, you know, for whatever they paid them, $15 an hour, $10, whatever it was. You know, they weren't charging like landscapers. Whatever money they made, it was just all labor. So you really got to instill a work ethic into your kids because if you don't, it's going to be harder for them. And look at that. They took a chore. And they fucking ran with it. They to turned the it into a business. Made, where they made money off They of took it. a chore and made it into a business. Marco, 1,000%. You're going to hit the nail on the head. That's Anino's landscapers. <laughs> <laughs> so so just, to, just to answer that, the kids both worked for us in the restaurants. We had another one in Jersey, and uh, it was called San Marzano, and it was near the house. And they both worked there because it was close. My wife would drop them off because they didn't drive then. And my oldest son would say, oh, I'm going to open up 10 of these. This is great. I love this business. I said, all right, you know, go, go talk to the manager at the time and, you know, get the job and get right. your schedule. I, I didn't say because daddy's the owner, you, you, you know, you get carte blanche. No, you got to deal with the manager. So after two summers of working in the, the restaurant, he came to my wife. He says, now I know why daddy comes home. You know, Nandike Batsu. <laughs> he says, between the employees, the customers, forget about it, it's nuts. Yeah. So he quickly decided to go into finance. Yeah, and, listen, uh, it's not for everyone. Definitely not for everyone. You got to be a people person. Everyone. You have to be a people You got to be a people person, and you got to be able to pivot quick. Let's, uh, let's talk about the food a little bit. I'll start with uh, my favorite part. Anthony. <laughs> I mean, all the food I tasted there that you guys prepared for us was truly amazing but yeah, the you. one that stuck out to me was that panelli pizza oh, God. that was one of a kind for me that i i can't stop bragging Frankie, about when we were going there yesterday what did we say in the car i'm like i hope they bring out the panelli pizza and then when he brought it out, i'm like guy in it let's go <laughs> listen we we uh how did that happen we stay on top of the trends right we're starting to see that italian street food is becoming very popular here in the United States. Right. And in Italy, they got the auto grills along the highway. Yeah. We got gas stations, Wawa's, you know, like in Jersey. And they sell a lot of food, these places. The auto grills are along the highways, and you get really good food. You know, 
usually from that region that the order grill is in. Yeah, wherever region you're in, yeah. But even like the streets, right? People, they get they get the, a, a, a bangaria and they go outside and they sell, you know, they start heckling. Arangini, you know, banelle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they start heckling and that's how they make their living. Where's that food made that they're selling off the cart? In, the in their house. Yeah. They make it in their house and they go out and they sell it, right? So it's good stuff. And we started to notice that more and more people are selling street food here in Italy. So panelle is a Sicilian street food. It's been around. I grew up on Avenue in Brooklyn, and there was a focaccia, very well known, still there, and palermitano, and I grew up eating panelle. But you didn't really hear about it anywhere else, just that one place. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that grew up on it, and then you don't see it anymore. You can't find it, so you forget about it. There's also know? a lot of people that don't know what that is. And then right. explaining it to them, they're like, right. what the... It's, and it's a very simple it's thing, piece, and it's easy to make. It's, I mean, right. it's chickpea, exactly. Well, why do we got to call them fritters? They're panelle. Why do we got to rename I'm things? I'm saying it in English so that our what American English? Panelle is not English. That's where you're going to get Marco, abused by the Italian culture. It's not chickpea They're not called fritters. fritters they're called panelli. So no panelli. Why can't everybody learn panelli? Why do we got to rename things? Why do we have to do... Look at half the stuff that's out there. We have to rename Why everything. is a crooked letter for a reason? Because I'm offended. Offended. <laughs> <laughs> They're panelli. Find out what panelli are. Don't rename them. You got it. But, we, you know, what is a pizza? Pizza is an open... Years ago on menus, you used to see the term open-faced sandwich, you know? Mm -hmm. An open-faced sandwich is anything on bread, you know? Open-faced roast beef, open-faced turkey. It was very big what in the diner menus, Dinas, too. Yeah. Pizza is a canvas. It's a it. crust. Put anything on you it. could put anything on it. Anything. So I thought about it and I said, you know what? We do make the sandwiches, the panelli sandwich, traditional with the croquettes and all that's on the menu. But I said, why can't we make it into a pizza? So we made the crust. We put, and there's a science to it. You can't just throw it all on there, stick it in the oven. Or in the panelli. So there's a way that we did it. We, we, we tried it one way, we tried it another way, and then we said, okay, this is the way. It's perfect. And, uh, you know, so how many variations did you have? Like, how many times do you try it until you got four times? And four the fourth times. one, we right. said, okay, this is the one this because because the panelle are fried, right? Yes. Can't so cook them either because then you're right. putting them back in the and oven. And then you're putting right. them back in the oven. You don't want to get them dried out, right. and you don't want the rigotta to get dried out because heat takes out the moisture. And rigotta yes. has moisture in it. Mozzarella has moisture in it. You know, and then you got the grana padana that's shredded on top. So. You know, we put that on actually after it comes out of the oven because the heat right. of the pizza actually melts it just enough softens where it diffuses it. It softens it. Softens it. Softens it. Well, you should know. You had eight slices yesterday, right? I had more than that, but we're not going <laughs> to talk about that here. So, you know, we just try to get creative, you know, and then all of a sudden you put it out there. We had you guys come down with Alessio and Angelo and um, Hungry uh, the Hungry Greedo. How can I forget him? And, uh, you know, to launch it. And I just felt like, who better to launch a Sicilian pizza other than Italian Sicilians do it better? <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I was honored to do that. That was awesome. Seriously, it was good. It was great having you guys. It was there. great having you. Do you have a signature dish? Like, is there something that you like most or what is the go-to? When someone says Casaninos, I got to go to get this. So I'm going to answer that based on what the public orders the most from us. Absolutely. We sell our traditional pizza. The round traditional Nabudan pizza is the number one seller. Wow. Right behind that is our vodka sauce, and right behind that is the buffalo chicken. Buffalo Those chicken. are our top three. Awesome. And that's not me saying it. That's the POS saying it. 
We have a velocity report. We check it every month. Stats and data. And stats and data, right? There isn't a national chain out there that does anything without data. So we learn from them, reading articles. Read about your business. Yeah. If you read about your business, you'll learn. Data drives everything. And that's important. But those are our signatures, the traditional, the vodka, and the buffalo. That's what people love the most. What about and a panini grill? What are they? What are you guys doing that are that's like popping like you guys that is always just out there? As far as food? As far as food. I mean, there's a lot to choose from, but if I had to pick something right now, I think the cacho and pepper that we do table side right. is probably one of our biggest pasta selling. We, you know, we put on a show. Yeah. Fresh fettuccine. I mean, it's, you can't get more authentic than what we're doing. Let me tell you, food porn presentations. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they were coming out with stations after stations yeah. after... At one point, I thought I thought we were done. He's yeah. like, "No, no, I got two more Sit dishes." Sit down, <laughs> and I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> Talk about a restaurant that's not matching to the name, right? You oh would never God. expect that. If you go at the Panini Grill the first time, you're not expecting what he's yeah, putting he out there. Literally said that today. He goes Panini Grill. He goes, "It's more than it's that. deceiving." Yeah. So but you know what? Deceiving sometimes is good. Exactly. Pleasant surprise. How did Panini Grill name come up? So. Panini Grill, we're in business nine years. But before I bought it, it was Panini Grill for 10 years. So the name Panini Grill has been there for 19 years. So you kept okay. it. I kept it because it was a neighborhood staple right. spot corner, and it was known as Panini Grill for 10 years. And when I first took over the store, I said, am I going to change the name? I said, you know what? I even had the conversation with him. Yeah. He was like, leave it. He goes, the place has been there for 10 years. When you years. buy a business, you're buying the you know, brand. So kinda, yeah. The guy wasn't failing. I mean, it kind of was at the end. He, he was, was doing okay. He was doing okay. But I said, you know what? Let me leave it. Because at the end of the day, I'm changing it anyway. I'm gonna, it's going to be my food, my look, right. my all this. You put your touch. Your and twist. we kept it there. But now that we brought up this topic, the reason I started going crazy on social media with all my videos is to let people know that we are more than just paninis. Don't let the name fool you. So, you know, I came up with my slogan to Taposto which I'm thinking about changing the name to do that poster, but I'm not because it's bittersweet for me. That's right. It's bittersweet for the customers in the neighborhood that supported us for all those years. And I think I'm getting my message across on social media, so I really don't need to change And it creates conversation because right. when people say, I went to Panini Grill and I had the Cacho Pepe, I had a Tomahawk, they'll be like, wait a minute, where did you go to have that? Yeah. Panini Grill. So the more you get people to talk about you, yeah. the better. You know, Casanino's was always a, a, a pickup and delivery pizza joint. Right. Now we have a dining room. No one really knows we have a dining room, except the people that come to pick up or that look at the pictures on social media. Right. So for 25 years, right? We were just to take out delivery. Pick spot. up and delivery. Yeah. There's no dining. So when they walk in, they're like, oh, you guys got a dining room now? Yeah. So we had we had people book the dining room, a couple of yeah, parties. We had, we had a few communions. You know, communions, showers, birthdays, all that stuff. Yeah. And people are like, this is great. You know, we got wine and beer now. We never had wine and beer because he pushed me to do that. I didn't want to do it. But, you know, I 10 years younger. Box. 10 years younger, remember. So you got to listen sometimes. That, sometimes you got to listen to the younger. Yeah, but I also hear having a liquor license, it, it can be a headache from how I understand. Uh, it, can. it can be a headache only if you draw a different crowd, if you're doing a yeah. late crowd, if you're doing a lounge you. crowd. I agree. You're going to draw a whole different... We don't have a sit-down bar. We don't... Right. We promote families. Yeah. Right, right, right. A glass of wine, a bottle of beer. Whatever. Other than that, you're not yeah, really yeah. going to have an issue. You're not going to have an issue. Right. And, and we don't... Yeah, we don't... We're not... Like, we'll, we'll uh, promote the football Sundays now. Okay. But my guys know. Like, people come in, they eat the wings, and then watching all the games on the five TVs and all of that. They start getting a little... You know, that's it. Yeah. Stop. Stop serving. Cut them know, off. Cut them off. Yeah. 
but we're not that kind of place. We're a family neighborhood place. Everybody knows us. But like I said, nobody knows about the wine and beer yet. Nobody knows about the dining room. So how do you get the word out there? Social media. Advertising. Advertising. You know, we're talking about it here on our Instagram page, Facebook, Google. You know, you see those nice dining rooms. And, I, I, you know, no, no disrespect to any restaurant owner out there with the white tablecloths on the table. But 99% of those people all started out of a pizzeria. Yeah. And that's why sometimes, you know, you say to yourself, I walk in, me, the chicken franchise tastes just like the pizzeria. Because most of the times, they started out of a yeah. pizzeria. Actually, probably the best way to start something, right? Because you start yeah. here. And you grow. And now you're slowly taking you it grow. there. Listen, he could tell you, comes out of pizza business whole life. Now he's got a restaurant. Pinion Grill's a restaurant. It's not a pizzeria. Is the business different? Hell yeah. Oh, it's yeah. very different. It's more attention to detail. You know, you're yeah. dealing with customers in the dining room. The expectation of the customer is much higher in a restaurant than a pizzeria. They come in, you have a dining room, expectation level just went up. Right, 100%. Because now I got to leave a tip, service. so I want the right yeah. service. Mm -hmm. You know, So it, it makes it harder for us as the owners of a restaurant versus a pizzeria yeah. because of the customer's expectation. And you know what? They're right, because if I'm coming to give you my hard-earned money and you're going to charge me you know, that $100 for that steak, it better be cooked the way I want it. If yeah. not, I'm sending it back. And, and I don't blame them. Right. I don't blame them. What, what, uh, so I know you started from here and you got to there. Those presentation tables you, got, you had, you had one for the burrata. You had one for the pasta. You had one for the steak. You had one for the cold antipasto. Was that ideas you always had in you? Was that something that drove so you? those are more? ideas that, again, I'm gonna, I love to use the word thinking outside the box, right? So I always had a cold antipasto on my menu. We always had a burrata tower on my menu. But I said, how can I bring the experience to the customer a little different than my competitor is doing down the block? Uh, people eat with their eyes, right? So <laughs> cold antipasto looked great before, but now it looks amazing, right? When you guys seen it yesterday, you were like, wow, I never seen this. Prosciutto's hanging like the clothes in Italy. <laughs> Now here I come with the burrata tower. I play the Mambo Italiano song. I'm cutting a tomato, the burrata, prosciutto, and I'm making it at the table. That item sells by itself now. I don't even have to really push it because when I'm pushing that car through the dining room, Everybody the other 10 it. tables in the dining room are going, what is that? What is that? Burrata tower. Oh, I want that. So I like, you know, I teach myself, we have to be different than what other people are doing. So how can we be different? With the same items. We're selling right. the same items, Because everybody right? sells burrata. We're right. selling the same items, but my presentation, my show, the way I'm putting it out there is different than the guy down the block. Mm -hmm. and, you know, people are going to copy sometimes, but I don't care. I'm flattered by that. It's Creativity. all good. You got to have fun. So, you know, you back to the panelli. You're just panelli, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, panelli, you make a sandwich. But you can make 10 things with a panelli. Oh, yeah. 10 different things, you know? So, I think if everybody panelli just... bites. Panelli bites. To, we just made about, them that day. I was about to right? say it. Well, I'm, 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 and that was great, by the way. They were actually simple no bread and great. Yeah. It was right there. And my brother went and ordered them because he saw the video. <laughs> he went in the other day with his family and ordered them. You know, everybody makes scotch and pepe too on their menu. Restaurants have it, right? But do they make a table side? Do they play the song when it's going on? You know, do they do they put on? So I like to be different. Think outside the box. Let me do something different that my staff isn't doing. You know, mm -hmm. one thing we didn't do yesterday was play the Biggie song when the steak came out. By the way, we do that. Oh, oh come right? on, man! And I'm a big I sounds like you got to go back, walk off another see what steak. What I had going on in there, so it was a book of the bordello. <laughs> it, it was awesome. I mean, the experience of of both places. Yes, it's it's. I wouldn't say the word night and day. I would say it's both different and unique to each yes. other. So Absolutely. we're very passionate about what we do. 
and we put everything we got into it. So Casaninos is, you know, that pizzeria neighborhood restaurant. Perfect. Simple. Classic. It's not that's the word. It's not just that's what it is. Traditional. It's not just pizza. Like you could go have a calamari marinara at Casaninos. I'm like, damn, this thing is amazing. You know what? Yesterday. I'm not gonna say the name of this restaurant, but there's a really high end, fancy restaurant on Staten Island. She's been there a long time. McDonald's? No. <laughs> Whopper <laughs> Junior. We, we have this one customer and he goes, Aunt, I went there. I had the mussels marinara. It's three times the price. Half I the get size. It. I get it. She's got, you know, it's a fa- fine dining. Yeah. Fine dining place. He said, I told my wife, I have the mussels marinara. Casaninos. He says, it's better. A L- lot less money. More mussels. Mm-hmm. And the sauce is off the charts. Yeah. Again, this particular place that I'm talking referring to started from a pizzeria mm-hmm. also. She took it to other level. But sometimes, I don't know what changes sometimes when people go from pizza to restaurant, but you always got to remain humble, always give the consistent. right portion, always be consistent. Food is a commodity. It goes up, it goes down. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to make money with your food costs and your menu price stable throughout the year. What am I going to do? Change my price every time. Eggs four months ago were $10 a dozen. Yeah. Now they're $2 a dozen. Yeah. But what do I do? I charge you more for every dish that I make with eggs when they were up. No, I can't do that. It. We absorb it. But the point is, he said to me, Aunt, your food is off the charts. It's great. And we, we really truly buy product that's the best we can get our hands on. How much could you absorb until such hurting? You so know, it's- that's a great question. That's a great question. That hurts, not easy that hurts to answer. Your homes. That hurts your- so again, if, you, if you're running a successful business and the place is, you know, you're making money, you can absorb only so much, like you say, but right. then there's got to be a line that you got to draw. Say, hey, that's it. You know, you might even take some some menu items off because you're not making money. It's not worth the while right. doing it. So, if eggs, you know, we use eggs as an example. If they would have kept going up and going up and going up, hey, listen, we're not going to use eggs for a little while because it's just, you know, we, we can't afford to. Because how much are we going to charge the customer, right? So, who, 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 you're better off taking it off the menu sometimes temporarily. Then raise your price five six avocados. Avocados went up yeah. to like a hundred dollars a case. What about so scungili? Remember scungili? same thing. You know what do you do? You take chicken. Last year, chicken was four dollars a pound. It's normally ninety nine cents. I mean, people know they go shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, we're buying food the same way you're buying food for your household. Yeah. You know, it's the same chicken. <laughs> it's because that much at Shoprite. It costs that much that for way, us. Though. You know. Yeah, you don't that, see that's that's that way. Some people are blind to that. Well, like you, you said. Well, unfortunately, those people then are lying to themselves yeah. because. Not only are we buying the product, paying more for it when it's up, but we have all the other bills attached to it. The rent, right. the gas, the uh, utilities went up 15% this year. So really, your question is a great question. How much can you absorb? Absolutely. One thing I want to say is don't ever cut your portions to every guy or girl that owns a business. Raising price don't cut your menu. portions. That's suicide. Don't do it. Because if I come in and I get half of that piece of salmon that I got last time, I'm going to be pissed. Right. I'd rather you charge me $2 more for the dish and give me the same piece. That's a big mistake. It's about being reasonable. On, at the end of the day, it's about being reasonable. Yeah. Like you can't, like you said, you're not going to cut the dish in half and you're paying the same price. Just raise it up a little bit more and you get what you get. That's right. Marco, going out to eat is a luxury. Of course it is. It's not a necessity. No. So you can cook and stay home. Absolutely. You can door dash and stay home. We do delivery. Both of the stores do major amounts of delivery. Mm-hmm. Going out to eat means that I'm willing to spend $50, $100 a person 
on a great meal. And it better be great. You got to deliver. Yeah, yeah. And only the people that own restaurants that understand that, that appreciate the customers that are coming in the door, giving you their hard-earned money on food or drink, are going to be successful. So to answer your question, it puts more of a strain on the owners when things go up that high because we can't cut portions. We can't start increasing the way we're getting increased on the food. So we really got to watch everything else. Mm -hmm. the, the linen guy, we got to watch. Uh, do we have 400 rigs and aprons in the back? Do we not need a delivery this week? We got to go start figuring out where we could cut without affecting the customer experience. You and know, it goes back to being a smart business owner, a good business owner, where you have cushion, right, financially as well. Yeah. To absorb those two months, business. three months, four months, you're gonna get you're gonna get cloudy days. You're gonna get right. rainy days. You're gonna right. get times like this, right? Yeah. So if your bank account has one week's dollars worth of and let's say yeah. you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. You know, you're As a say. business strategy, this is why I heard, I don't know who follows it, but normally from what I hear, the, the, the right way to do this is that you have a ghost, let's just say employee. You're putting money into an account that doesn't belong to a certain person. It's yours, but it's like you're paying somebody. You don't touch that money. I heard that's the rainy day fund. That's like as if you're paying somebody $20 an hour, every, however it is, you put it there, and then you can go six months, no problem. But you have that account there that keeps growing on the side as if you're paying an employee. And that's where... Well, it's another way Listen, of doing it's, it. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a different style of yeah, doing it. But at okay. the end of the day, you got to be disciplined as an owner. You got to put yourself on the payroll. Yes. I get my X amount of dollar check every week. And every three months, if there's a surplus, all the bills are paid first. Right. Taxes are paid. Because Uncle Sam don't wait for nobody. Shit. Uncle oh. Sam's your partner. Uncle Sam, ACH. Uncle Sam puts <laughs> his hand mafia. in and Will he I takes mafia. it. Ciao. Yeah, exactly. Shows up with the glove on already. Yeah, Shit. that's the extortion. But at the end of the day, you know, like, let's talk about this, right? Which is a conjunction to what happened about two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Everybody, and we were the last to do it. Mm -hmm. And he could tell you, I fought it. I didn't like it. The credit card fee. Okay. We were paying... You know, seven, eight thousand dollars a month in credit card fees. I can't tell my customers how to pay. Now, you choose to go through DoorDash or Grubhub. They charge us thirty percent. So DoorDash now, takes thirty percent. It's so, so, so more expensive to use. Yeah, it is. But Frank, if, it's if, off the charts. If expensive. you're if, again, but if we don't have it, and you're a customer that's loyal to that app. You're not going to see me on your platform. You're not going to order from but me. But we, we charge more on DoorDash. So you have to charge that more, which, which, that makes sense. which people get mad. They actually but get mad. I want the people to Don't know. No, order from my website. Right. right. There you Just go. Order, or call the store. How about this? Have it delivered. If you order from Casanino's website right now, today, you get 10% off. You actually get 10% off. off. You get 10% off. Because we, we rather you come to, go to back us. Buy, We're going to yeah. go back to work ethic, people being accustomed to, right? Like They're just going click, click, click. It's a vicious cycle. Credit card is on file. Do it's we, paid. Do, they don't we even have, do we have the money that DoorDash... I'm not picking on DoorDash. God no, bless no, no, them. Listen, they they're a great platform. Me. But do we have the money that they have to spend on convincing people to use their app? No, we don't. But people don't, are obviously not understanding this strategy behind that because I could save 10% by coming with you. I could save the $30 in fees, but the custom where people say, pop, 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 done. So Frank, it's Michael back to knowing the value of money, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I hate to say it, it, it really does. You know, and 
maybe it's the newer generation that's using all yeah. these apps that are you picking on us, bro? I'm not picking <laughs> on I'm just saying. Listen, I never used an app to order. And I order I when I'm home sometimes I'll order sushi, order right. Chinese food from my neighbor. I call, I want to talk call. to someone. Yeah, I'm reach out and touch I'm someone. A, in that way, I'm old school. Call. Yeah, I want to call my, someone. In my generation and newer, we don't want to talk to nobody. We want it fast, and we don't care how much it costs. That's the fast. thing. See? That's See, the do the bots. But that's but how you it said is. it. Listen, See? here's what I'm going to tell you. That's why he's in the The corner. independent yeah. business owner, mm -hmm. they all have apps. They all have a, a website that's integrated with order, an ordering system. Yeah. Everybody's figured it out. Everybody understands you have to have it. The people that did it, God bless them. 2023. But at the end of the day, they all have their own. Mm -hmm. So there is an option. You don't have to use the guy who's hurting that independent. Now, I want to make a point. I want everybody to realize this and understand this. Mm -hmm. Unless you're in this business, you're not going to notice. If I'm a big brand, I'm a big national chain. I sign up with DoorDash or Grubhub. That company, Grubhub or DoorDash or Uber Eats, they actually pay, they pay the national brand to be on their platform. To be on their platform, yeah. The independents don't ever see that money because we're too small. We're the peons, right. okay? So if you add up all the independents, we're actually bigger than that national chain. But we're not, we're not on a united front that way, okay? So this is important for people to understand. Mm -hmm. So they're getting paid, plus they get a reduced percentage taken from them. They get a flat fee. So let's say McDonald's is on DoorDash, right? They might pay $3 an order, period. That's it, no matter how much the order is. You, the average order at Cosinino's is $40. 30% of that's $12. Taking $12 every order. We don't make money on any order that's ordered on there. It's a, it's a convenience. So we give 10% to try to get those people lured to our website so that they order from us directly so that we don't pay that 30%. Right. We're not making money on those orders. Right. So the national brands have us beat a thousand times over because they're getting paid to be on their platform and they're getting a reduced rate. How many, how many McDonald's are there? How many Burger Kings exactly. are there? Right. It's all right. about quantity. Right. Yep. If, we were, if all the independents turned around and united some way, maybe through a podcast, maybe through an Italian Sicilian do a better podcast, <laughs> we, we all unite, it would be a problem. It would be you a problem get, for these listen, big companies. Everyone watching this, you got to come here and tell your story. Italians, Sicilians do it better. You got to come here and share the story. More and more people see this, more and more people will unite. I believe that. Let's keep the independence <laughs> tied in. But I have to say, Italians are spiteful amongst each other. I'm going to agree with yeah. you 100%. It's very sad. But that's it every, every culture. Yeah, every yeah. culture's got isoi mingiade. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Listen, those people, you know my messages to them? Mm. God bless you. You think you're better than everybody else. You don't want to be truthful with somebody else. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to you don't want to unveil your cards. You want to be that massive poker player. You're going to be alone and you're going to regret it later on. See, you're nice about it. I would have said see un fang un pizza de med. Like I go at it like cuz I don't Listen, what do I got to lose it, at this it's point? Sad. You got to give sad. him a hug once in a while to calm down. I know. Right? Really I want to go over and hug him now. He needs <laughs> a yeah, little, little, little love, Marco. No, he licked my oh, finger. Oh, you licked his finger. I, it was good. Uh, <laughs> I, think he needs a, I think he needs something to eat right now. Give him a donut. Yeah, bro. Forget about it. Now, nah, listen. There's that. There's that. Sh there's those In people, every culture, that every is, culture. right? You know, some course, cultures stick together more than yeah, others. Absolutely. But me, I like to see everyone do good. doesn't matter if you're Italian. I mean, if listen, if you're Italian like me, that makes me feel even better, of course. But 
I want to see everyone do well. You know? when, our stores are full of competitors. And they're not all Italian. They're different cultures. We wish everybody... If the guy down the street from me is out of paper plates or pizza boxes... Oh, we help each other. And I have them, yeah. I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. What am I accomplishing by not giving it to him? Oh, you think his customers are going to come to me? Everybody's got their own customer base. People are loyal to people. It's exactly. Just, they don't realize that. My but customers it's just come to me for 25, 26 years now for yeah. because they want, they trust. And, and us. listen, they might come to us for our large pie, but they like the Sicilian pie better down Somewhere the block. Else. Who knows, right? Right. So everyone has their preference. There's enough. Man. To me, as a business owner, you can attest to it as well. You got to worry about your own business. If you're worried about what other people are doing, you're not yeah. paying attention to your business. That's right. Absolutely. What's the saying? So, Watch your own plate. You got to right. worry first about your store. You can't drive around to see if that guy's busy. What is this guy doing? Well, that's it? the problem. Some people get stuck. Yes. Oh, they do. And, and then, it destroys and them. they're not paying it's attention a vicious to their cycle own store. It destroys you. You know, there's com competition that opens up around Panini, Casaninos. I don't care. God bless you. I hope you make millions of dollars. Right. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, right. and I'm going to keep growing my store. That's it. Don't so you, you can't worry about what other people are doing. You know, I... We, I said we have a dining room now because we moved into this new location, right? But we've been on Art to Kill Road for 25 years, 1997. We, We're over here now. We, we, <laughs> this, is, this, is our, this is our fourth location on Art to Kill Road, right? Mm -hmm. Since 97. We started at 1307, then we went to 1547. Then 1757, now we're at 1281. I feel like I'm okay? in freaking history. Cool. So within a half a mile, we were in four locations. Back and forth, yeah. Because wow. we needed more space. We had two stores on Article Road at one time. We merged them, all of this stuff, right? You're expanding. Right. So all every location we moved out of, another pizza guy came in. Because they think it's the location that was great. It's not right. the location. The brand's still It was there. us that was great, right? The brand. So they come in. They go, I don't understand. That guy was doing great. He had five drivers on a Friday night. Now we got one driver. It's not the location. It's the people. It's the business. It's the, it's the food. Yeah. It's the product. It's the brand. It's everything, mm -hmm. right? So to all those people out there that take over that empty pizzeria, that empty store, Find out why they closed before you take it and put 200000 300000 And not only that, two, three years of your life. I don't want to see you close. I'm trying to help you now. I don't I think of you as a competitor. <laughs> I don't want you to lose your kid's college money. Find out why they closed before you take that store. Long don't story short, if you don't do your homework, just go to yourself. Do your homework. Don't let your ego get in Absolutely. the way. Yeah. Because you're going to lose everything. And, and I'm, I don't even know you, but I'm going to feel bad for you. And this is what you call free advice. Take it. Don't be a fucking moron. I have... Punto. <laughs> and basta. <laughs> I have two questions I'd like to ask you guys before we wrap this up. Go ahead. I ask this to everybody here, especially involved with food, or is in the culture. Is it sauce or is it gravy? <laughs> sauce. Azarza. <laughs> there you go. So far, Don't ever say gravy. Gravy is right. brown gravy so you put far, on turkey. I can't right. tell you, everybody's in this couch. I've yet to catch a gravy it's because sauce. he's not leaving my house. Listen, I grew up in Brooklyn. There was a place called Burning and Car. They made roast beef sandwiches. Still open today. They make the best roast beef sandwiches. That's the best gravy you get. Brown gravy went on roast beef. Sauce went on my Come macaroni. On, Come on. Well, what makes it gravy? I still you know sauce. what they say? Because I, we, we kid around. Meat in it? Because there's meat in it. So, uragu. Uragu. They translated it as gravy. Uragu, uragu. It's like before he said, uh, panelli is a, 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 a fritter. No, it's panelli. It's not a fritter. It's panelli. Miguel, you have him do it, bro. He's a tribe. It's a sardine. 
So you guys you know want to make good sauce. money? You guys want to make money? If we come up with the first jaw of tomato sauce called gravy, hey, we'll forget it. about it. Oh, she's not like gravy. You gotta pick up the gravy, bro. I'm telling no you. No one does gravy. We'll go out like crazy. Listen. Azarza, azarza. Azarza. Tomato sauce. I know. Sugo. I know. Whatever I'm trying to catch gravy. somebody that comes and says gravy. You're yeah, not going to leave, by the way. Second one, you could or you don't have to answer. But I love to get this out of people. And I'm going to break it down slowly. There's two sides of me, right? There's the happy Frank or there's the seeing blood Frank, right? I, there's no medium. So when it comes to customers, I know there's going to be a lot of patience. I know you guys probably go through a lot of shit. I got to hear these. What is the funniest and the worst experience you guys ever had in this industry? I lo- I, 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 by the way, I feed off these stories. I love them. Wow. I truly do. You know what? I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for making my day. Because I am 10 years old and I got a couple more <laughs> stories than this guy. But listen, the funniest is really just making relationships with the customers. I'll never forget. It really is not funny. It's actually beautiful. When my first son was born, I was working behind the counter every day, seven days a week. And I, you know, your customers become an extension of your family. And there was this one woman, she lived in the community across street from the pizzeria. And, uh, you know, hey, how you doing, Anthony? How's it going? How are you? I said, I just became a father, you know? There was no paternity leave. My wife had the baby. I went to work. Okay? So, again, being an independent business owner, you don't have that luxury. Absolutely. So I'm working. I said, I just became a father. So, wow, congratulations. You have a boy or a girl. I said, a boy. His name is Anthony Jr. She came back two days later with a gift. This lady's a customer. That's nice. Nice. I couldn't believe it. I went home. I didn't even open it. I said to my wife, a customer gave me this gift. I said, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's happy. So funny could be happy, right? Yes. So it was a happy moment. And those are the happiest times for us as owners because you make those relationships with your customers. They come in 25 years, the same customers. I'm, so, I'm standing there. A guy looks at me and goes, how you been? I haven't seen you in a while. How's everything? Th- those are happy moments, funny, happy moments. Now, times that make you see red, red rats, we say. There was two women came into the restaurant. They sat down. They ordered a salad. They name. They ordered a salad. <laughs> I got. I still got the video. I want to show the video. I, they ordered a salad and a pizza. Okay. Pizza and the salad was brought to the table. The lady says, "Can I have the balsamic vinaigrette? It's homemade with the salad." So we bring that over. She wanted it on the side. She specifically asked on the side because Gustav Malandrina already knew in her mind what she was going to do. Nice. And if you're out there listening, I fogged it. So <laughs> she, she took her finger, she dipped it in the little bowl with the salad dressing. It's already getting me pissed off. And she put it on top of the grated cheese, the stainless steel grated cheese shaker. And she called the manager over like this and said, this is how you bring the grated cheese to the table. Now I put it on my pizza. It had this dressing on it. Shut it's up. disgusting. And you, saw, you caught so that. The manager said to herself, but how could it be that I would bring over a grated cheese shake with a stainless steel top with balsamic, which is brown, on top? And I didn't catch that? How would I bring that over the table? I'm not, what am I, stupid? Mm-hmm. So the manager said, excuse me, I'll be right back. That's all she said. She went upstairs to the office. She went, there's a camera right above that table. There's 16 cameras in the place. 
She videoed the screen because she did a playback on her phone. She went downstairs and said, here, look at what you did. I guess you want free lunch today. Don't abuse people. Or Don't eat. come in with a plan on how you're going to eat for free. Do me a favor and just stay home and eat for, go rob in the supermarket and eat for free there. Stay Don't eat. rob my kids because you're taking That's money insane. out of my kids' oh, mounts. But there's a lot of people who do shit oh, like yeah. that. I'm aware. Frank, they came in with this plan. There's some professionals that actually do that. They do it yeah. on purpose. Yeah. That, to me, is the most disgraceful, disgusting, lowest thing you could do. I hope you if give you, a bucket. I'll tell you what. If you can't afford to eat, just come in and tell us. We'll feed you. Yeah, we'll feed because you I've free. done plenty of that. I've given a lot of charity away, and I do it because I want to do it. But leave that decision to me if you eat for free. Right. Don't come in and rob me. I don't rob anybody. I don't want to get robbed. After that, did they leave the facility? They left... They paid, and they were asked not to come back. And you want to know what's crazy? You should have. She came back. Really? She came back. They always come back. You know why? Guilt. Guilt. Hope you serve extra balsamic vinegar. (laughs) It's like it's so good. Fuck it, I gotta go back. But that was the worst thing that made me see red. Wow. That was the worst thing. Especially that you caught it right-handed. Listen, we've given a lot of food away throughout the years. We're in business. You know, during COVID stuff like that, we donated to the hospitals, the nurses. But that was something that made all independence, not just us. Let me just stop right there because independence are prideful people. We got, we got a big hearts. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to pick on the national chains, but we control our own destiny. We control our own pocket in business. So if we want to donate 100 pizzas to a school or a hospital or whatever, we do it. We don't have we nobody to ask. Them. We don't have to send an email to corporate. We do it. Independent businesses make up communities. Mm-hmm. Communities need to remember. All those signs hanging on the baseball field fence, they're all independent businesses that are paying for that. We support communities. We support the people. We put the kids in the neighborhood to work. So support the independence in your community. I don't care if it's pizzeria, deli, bagel store, shoe store, jewelry store, whatever it is. If it's an independent-owned business, go there before you go to a national chain. Yep. You know, because, again, we give back. The money rotates in the community. You've been so, thinking hard. I'm very curious. No, no, listen. I'm going to... He's going through the files. Like, so I got this he one. He said fun and happy, right? So fun and happy to me go hand in hand as well. Like I said, we're alike. It's crazy. It's scary. But I'm going to say 21 years old when I bought my first store. That was probably the most exciting, funnest time for me because it was something that I accomplished on my own. And it was my dream that I was going to own a store. Uh, I, I didn't have the experience I have now, obviously. But still, it was a huge accomplishment for me. It was exciting. It was fun. And you know, scary. Was, and scary yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But I was 21 years old, you know, and I had the store for three years. We didn't fail. We sold, made money. But it was a learning experience. And really, that's the most to it. Worst experience? <laughs> I mean, there's a thousand of them. But one that stands out is probably just a few months ago in the garden where you guys sat. Okay, I had two customers come in. The Giardino. What garden? El Giardino. Bravo, bravo. Just the men they got. El Giardino. So I had a table or two, older couple, sit down. I actually sat them, escorted them to the Giardino. Again, we're picking on older people. That's all right. They ordered a bottle of wine, an appetizer, two entrees, okay? Bottle of wine. They get the bottle of wine nice. We open it for them nicely, the way we do for every single table. They get the appetizer. Server goes there. This is the way he answered my server. The server goes, how's the appetizer? You know, how do you enjoy your meal? This sucks. Okay, no problem. I go to the table. I say, excuse me, what's wrong with it? It just sucks. This is unedible. I said, can I make you something else, please? He goes, no, I don't want nothing. I'll just wait for the entrees. 
Okay. Now I took it off the bill already, not charging them. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the dish. Did they it was eat gr- the whole thing? Um, there was three pieces of calamari left where we give 12 tubes. There was three left. There was grilled calamari because I remember sucked. the dish, okay? It sucked, okay? I wasn't going to charge them. I took it off the bill anyway. They're there maybe a total of a half hour, tops 40 minutes. They order an appetizer and two entrees. Bring out the entrees, chicken palm with rigatoni, and the wife had sal- a grilled salmon. True story. It's amazing how we remember okay. what people order when these situations the guy, happen. It the, stays with us forever. The lady forever. goes, "This salmon is not. This salmon is is, is it's frozen. It's I, I don't use frozen salmon. I use wild caught salmon. Like I take pride in it. We get the fish. We cut it ourselves. It's unedible." I go, "It's unedible. What, what's wrong with it, ma'am?" She goes, "You just can't eat it." I go, "But what's wrong with it? Like, oh, right, tell me you can't eat it. Is it salty? Is it raw? Is it bland? Does it have too much oil in it? Does it have too much lemon? Whatever it is." And then the guy. Her husband is eating the chicken palm rigatoni, picks up the plate, his chicken palm rigatoni, bangs on the table, and this fucking pasta is cold. I said, I'm very, very sorry. I see that you guys are not really having a good experience here. Is there something else I could do for you and get for you? No, just wrap up the food. We're going to leave. No. Okay. Why would you want to wrap up food that's Hold not on, good? Exactly. So I, I take the chicken palm rigatoni in the back. I'm like, fucking looking at it. I'm like, you do something wrong here. Is there something wrong with the dish? I mean, at the end of the day, it's chicken palm with rigatoni. You really can't fuck that up, right? It blows your mind. As I'm doing that, I'm going in the kitchen. He storms out the front with his wife. Give me my fucking bill. I'm leaving. I'm just going to pay. I go, you know what, sir? Do me a favor. Don't ever come back to this restaurant again. The wine bottle, everything that you guys drank and ate, it's on me. I don't need your business. You're abusing me. Yeah. You know, I'm always going to do the right thing. I'm going to bite my tongue. But you're cursing at me. You're making a scene. You're throwing a dish up in the air. You're walking through my whole dining room screaming, yelling, give me the fucking bill. And then they go home and write a review, and they, they smile. They so feel like, on. They hey, we got them. They, they, they went home, and they wrote a Facebook review on the whole story. There you go. Lied about everything. They're all authors. Okay? So I professionally responded and told not him the truth, but more to the people that see watching it, yeah. the people watching. Because you got to let the people watching know the truth. You people know? get off on destroying other people's because business. Because that guy's already... And they want eat for free. There's nothing that's going to... There's nothing that I'm going to do that would have made him happy. You know, I, I don't know what else to do. I mean, no. I, I wasn't going to charge you for the calamari. He I would have made mission. you a new dish. You did exactly what he wanted so to do. So I should have charged him for the $60 bottle That's of right. wine that he bought. But I, I said, you know what? Even the wine's on me. Yeah. You could go. Yeah. You're abusing my staff. You're abusing me. You put on a show. I knew they were going to go home and write a review because I was ready for it. I was waiting, watching Facebook. All. I was like, when are they writing this review? And they did. But he ended up taking the review down because he got abused by the other people, by the other people because the truth you. was told. Again, to everybody out there, restaurant owners, customers, you have all the right to write a review, but at least say the truth. Say the truth. Say the truth. Listen, we're not perfect. Don't abuse people. We are going to make mistakes. But you know what? Nobody's perfect. We will always do the right thing. We will always do the right thing to make it up to you, whether it was a bad experience, whether it was a cold pizza, a salty dish, whatever it is. At the end of the day, we're talking about food. We're not murdering. 99% of independents will always do the right thing. We're talking about food. Well, you know, we're not murdering anybody. You know, one one thing he just touched on that I want to elaborate, our staff and every staff that's out there. We cannot be successful without our staff. I I can't be in more than one place. Can't be more than one place. Either we're cooking, serving. So the staff, we're very blessed. We have a great staff, uh, great people. And to all the waiters, waitresses, busboys, hosts, Host, uh, maitre d's, bartenders, dishwashers, cooks, salad guys. God bless every one of you because they also bust in their ass. I actually have made a few videos just thanking my staff because without your staff, you're nothing. Right. You could have all the ideas, you know, all the plan together, do this, do that, but you need a team. 
The behind the scenes. You want to talk about a staff? Yeah. My main guy in the kitchen is with us 24 years. Plus. Everybody else is there double digits. Our manager, he likes to be called team leader. Um, <laughs> team leader. He's the best. He's the best. I think he's 17 <laughs> years now. 16 or 17 yeah. years. Wow. Started with us as a kid. Um, and, you know, I got to tell you, uh, if it wasn't for him, I, I don't know. I don't even know like, sometimes yeah. what, what we would do. But There's uh, good people out there. Great people. There's good great people, people. There. There's great people out there. And anybody who's in this business has to deal with a lot. You know, whether it's the owner, I, I, I don't want it to make this just about the owners because the staff really, they're the front lines. Yeah. yeah. They're the front Without lines, you know? So you walk in, you're having a bad day, don't take it out on your server. You know, they might be having a bad day right. too, but they have to smile. The way I look at it, you guys are the body, but they're the blood. You can't 100%. have one without the other. Yeah, you can't have one without the other. Well said. You know, they're the heartbeat of the business. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, they're dealing with their own shit, too. Of course. But they're in the hospitality business, Absolutely. right? So they got to be hospitable. Of course. And sometimes you don't feel like being hospitable on a, on a Saturday night in July when everybody's at the beach and I got to serve a table to some ignorante like he's referring to that's going to abuse me. Yeah, it's not it was, cool. It's not nice. Yeah. You have yeah. to have the patience for it. Yeah. I wish sometimes I, I live closer to you guys. Like, I'll be a permanent fixture in your places. We, we go broke. <laughs> I'm looking to pay rent. I'm just saying. <laughs> but Listen, I, maybe we'd have to open up something in Queens. I told him that told yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> I told him that yesterday. Hey, you got a lot of great Find me 10 employees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to thank you guys for coming. I want to thank you. Everything you did for us. Yes. The food. Anybody's listening out there. Outstanding food, Absolutely. outstanding presentation, most genuine owners that you could ever meet. They are the true meaning of people, person, and the quality and the respect they give speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Go visit Anthony. Go visit Peter. Make sure you say my name at the door. You'll get a hug for free. And, uh, I, and a kiss, too. And a kiss, too. And he sucks your finger. Watch the videos coming soon. Oh. Uh, but I appreciate everybody. I can't appreciate you guys more than anything. Thank you guys so much. Listen, we want to thank you guys also because what you're doing with Italians, Sicilians do it better. Uh, this platform is keeping the Italian culture, whether you're Sicilian or not, Absolutely. alive. And uh, the American Italians, the Italian Americans, whatever you want to call yourself, we're all prideful people. And what better place to show that is on a podcast like this. So thank you for thank doing you what you're guys. doing. Thank you guys. Honestly, yes. it, it really is an honor to sit here with you guys and, you know, tell our story. Learned a lot about you guys as well. And like he said, keeping the Italian culture to me is very, very important. I think a lot of people should be doing this and Italians and Sins do it better. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I just got two things to say. All right. Go ahead. 1281 Arthur Kill Road, Casanino's Pizza Bar. We're over here now. And remember one thing, when you dine at Panini Grill, non ti preoccupare, tutta a posto. Arrivederci. <laughs>